Extreme Makeover was an ABC reality show that began airing in uh, 2002 and ran for 55 episodes. In the show, ordinary men and women underwent extreme makeovers involving plastic surgery, exercise programs, time in a beauty parlor, and a new wardrobe. Each episode ended with the shocked reaction of family and friends to the makeover. The initial success of the show led to an even more popular spinoff, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. In the Home Edition, houses are extensively remodeled, often completely torn down and rebuilt for deserving families. ABC began airing the Home Edition in 2003 and ended its run in 2012, but continued to air a few specials. In 2019, HGTV announced they would revive the series, and if you think you deserve a makeover on your home, you can apply for consideration online. Now, both shows have had their critics and controversies. The Home Edition was criticized for glorifying excessive suburban lifestyles, and several families who had their homes renovated later lost them due to increased taxes or for defaulting on home loans they took out because of their increased value. The original extreme makeover was criticized for body shaming and reinforcing unachievable body image goals and was canceled after a lawsuit by a contestant who was dropped from the show. Delise Williams had been promised a Cinderella-like makeover, but was dropped the night before she was scheduled to have dental surgery because the producers felt her recovery would take too long to fit into the show's time frame. The lawsuit, however, wasn't about being dropped from the show. It was about her sister's suicide. As part of the show's filming process, her family had been prompted to denigrate her appearance on camera. Williams claimed her sister committed suicide four months later because of the guilt she felt about saying false and cruel things about her appearance. After a year of legal wrangling, the suit was settled for an undisclosed amount. Now, I don't doubt that her sister's suicide prompted the lawsuit, but I can't help but think there was more to it. After all, how would you feel if you were promised an extreme makeover and then didn't get one? Well, guess what? We have been promised one. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul promises us an extreme, eternal makeover. And the picture he paints almost sounds like an episode of extreme makeover home edition. He refers to a new house, but he's really talking about a new body. 2 Corinthians 5. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, 
eternal in the heavens. As we noted last week, death is just around the corner for all of us. And this week, Paul euphemistically pictures death by telling us the day is coming when our earthly tent will be torn down. Now, we may have never thought of our body as a tent, but it's a fitting picture. And thinking of it as such, some of us may have noticed that our stakes are getting loose and our tent is starting to sag. <laughs> and someday, this tent is going to be gone. It can't last forever. It's merely an earthly tent fashioned from dust and will one day be dust again. It's biodegradable. But that doesn't grieve us. It doesn't throw us into despair because we know we have another building coming, a building from God. And it won't be a tent. It won't be temporary housing. It will be a solidly constructed house with an eternal guarantee. Now, as a homeowner, that really sounds good. You know, when I built my house 43 years ago, a 15-year guarantee on the windows and doors sounded like a long time. But having replaced some of them 15 years ago, it wasn't long enough. Now I don't want anything that doesn't come with a lifetime warranty, and I trust they're talking about my lifetime. Of course, at my age, that might not be much more than another 15-year guarantee. Now, I have to acknowledge that my physical body, even though it's obviously in great shape, <laughs> won't last forever. But that's okay. But that's okay. Because Paul assures me that I have a new body coming that's not subject to aging or decay or pain or death because it's not physical, not made with hands. It's not fashioned from the dust of the ground. It's spiritual and can therefore be eternal. It will last forever. And it will be perfectly fashioned for eternal life. And a life that won't be limited to this earth. It'll be fashioned in such a way as to give us access to the heavens. We might think of it as a spiritual spacesuit. It'll free us from the limitations of life on earth and enable us to dwell with God forever anywhere on a new earth or in the unlimited reaches of the new heavens. Our new body will make that possible because it will obviously be a better body. Let's read on. For indeed, in this house... We groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, shall not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, in order that what is mortal may be swallowed up 
my life. Have you ever groaned in this body? Well, obviously, if you've ever groaned, it's been in this body. And we do groan, don't we? I worked in the crawl space last week, and my body groaned so loudly that night that I couldn't sleep. Wouldn't it be nice to have a body that didn't ache or get tired or fall apart? Wouldn't it be nice to never have to say, I don't have, I can't do that anymore? You know, when our cars start to fall apart and cost us more for upkeep than they're worth, we trade them in. You ever wished you could trade your body in for a new one? A new model? No, you can, and you will. Someday. And the older you get, the closer that day comes to getting here. And the closer that day comes, the more you're going to long for that new model. But it won't be made in Detroit or Japan. It'll be made in heaven. And that means it won't be physical, but it will be real. Paul says when we put it on, we won't be found naked. The word can also be translated disembodied. In other words, when we die, we're not going to just float off into space somewhere and become disembodied spirits. We're not going to become a ghost or poltergeist or any such thing. Because in spite of what you may have seen at your door on Halloween, they don't exist. Now, I realize that many do believe that disembodied spirits roam the earth and haunt buildings and the like. But I'm convinced that such activity, even if it's not staged, is not what it appears to be. I'm convinced it's demonic. I believe demonic spirits can do such things. We know from scripture that they can inhabit people and even pigs. And we know Satan is a liar and a deceiver. I'm convinced that demons want us to believe they are the disembodied spirits of our departed loved ones. And they do so to deceive us. They want us to look to someone other than God for spiritual guidance. Obviously, God doesn't want us doing that. And he made that very clear to his people before they entered into the promised land, a land filled with evil people and detestable practices. In Deuteronomy 18, Moses said, When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you, 
the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. Now, I do have to admit that while God has prohibited us from doing so, it is apparently possible for someone to be called up from the dead. The medium at Endor was apparently able to call up Samuel for King Saul. But when he appeared, Samuel didn't appear as a phantom. He appeared in bodily form as an old man wrapped in a robe. He hadn't been just floating around as a ghost. He hadn't become a disembodied spirit at death. And neither will we. And in truth, no one wants to be a ghost. Paul says even when we are burdened in this life and our body is groaning, we don't want to be unclothed. We don't just want to do away with our body. We don't want to become a bodiless spirit. We don't want to become less than we are, a spirit without a body. But we would like to become more than we are, a spirit with an immortal body. A body so much better and so much full of potential for living that our old mortal body will seem dead. By comparison. And if we are in Christ, we are guaranteed such a body. Verse 5. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. Why are we here on earth? To live 70 or 80 years and give our offspring a chance to do the same? No. We are here to choose where we want to spend eternity. We are here to decide whether or not we want to fellowship with our creator forever. He loves us. And he does want us to choose to fellowship with him but love demands that he let us make that choice. He tries to direct us back to himself, but he never violates our freedom to choose. He even allows bad things to happen on earth and to us so we can taste the consequences of sin. He wants us to experience some of the horror of separation from our creator while here in the hope that we will see the wisdom of choosing to fellowship with him eternally. But the final decision is ours. The purpose for our existence on earth is to give us the opportunity to make that choice after seeing the consequences of making a wrong choice. The angels weren't given that opportunity. Those that rebelled were eternally condemned. But God made it possible for us to have a second chance. He intentionally put us into temporary bodies and placed us in a temporary world so we would temporarily reap the results of breaking fellowship with him. 
That means everything we experience in this life is preparatory to what is coming. This is not all there is, not by a long shot. God has much more in mind for all those who desire to fellowship with him. And if we make that choice, now, while in a physical body, that will be ours. He's made it possible for us to come back into fellowship with him even after breaking our original relationship with him through sin. And he did so by allowing Jesus to enter this world, to take on a physical body, to live a perfect life, and then to pay the penalty for our sins. And the penalty had to be paid. A righteous God cannot overlook our sins. But God is also merciful. So he paid the penalty for us. And he wants us to know even now, while in this temporary body, on this temporary earth, that we've been accepted and our future with him is secure. So he sends the Holy Spirit to take up residence in our temporary body as a pledge, a guarantee of our future life with him in an eternal body. When we accept Christ as Savior and bury our rebellious nature in the watery grave of baptism, God sends his Holy Spirit into our hearts to assure us, to strengthen us, and to prepare us for eternal life with him. And it's the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life today, evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit, that is a guarantee that one day we will be given everything else that we need for eternal life in the presence of God. The word translated pledge can also be translated down payment. The Holy Spirit is God's down payment, guaranteeing the future arrival of a new and better body that will fit us for eternal life in heaven. Someday, we will be given everything we need to fly away. And I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to that new body, that better body, that guaranteed body. I'm looking forward to my extreme, eternal makeover. Because of Christ, you can too. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the extreme promises you've made to us. And thank you for revealing to us your plan for eternity. Thank you for making it possible for us to become all we need to be, to be welcomed into your presence and your fellowship for all eternity. 
struggles we have in this life are nothing compared with the magnificent future you've planned for us. May we never lose sight of that. And may we look forward to the day when we'll fly away in, into your presence and into the presence of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.